This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy Monday. It's a little bit damp out there, but that's okay. It's washing that pollen away, which is a good thing, getting rid of the yellow fog of doom, which has been keeping about half of us stopped up. I'm Marshall Ramsey, your host. Uh, And not stopped up. I sound quite good today, so it's good. And I feel good because you're listening, and thank you. And welcome to another great show. And I tell you what, um, we always say the most interesting people and stories in Mississippi, and we mean that every week. I think we do have some great guests. I really like our guest this week, um, just because I kind of relate to kind of his journey. Uh, He's he's one of those kind of guys that just throws stuff against the wall and sees what sticks. Isn't Paul Wolf? He's the founder and publisher of Find It and Fonder and Explore the Floor magazines, and we'll find out how it all began and what's next for him in Mississippi as well. And of course, let's talk about the weekend roundup. And of course, Liz is here. Liz. Good morning. I tell you what, and I, I've done this show now for a few years now. I think this is the first time you've ever actually produced it for me. It, it is. We're going low on the totem pole. No, no, I'm excited. I've known you for years. I feel like, you know, this is, this is a big day for me. I'm very glad to be here, Marshall. Well, I thought I'd suck up to you a little bit just so you didn't like, just didn't press the cough button on me or anything. Thing any strange time. Did you have a good weekend? I did. Of course, it rained because we washed both of our vehicles. It's your fault. I knew it. And uh, but uh, uh, you know, it still didn't get the bird poop off. So I know it would have had to rain probably maybe another five hours to do that. But yeah, see, I've got just another problem very similar. I went to the Delta on Thursday and on Friday, two separate trips, one to Clarksdale and one to Greenville, and I managed to kill about ninety five percent of the bugs in the Delta. So you can I, say yeah, thank you. I drive to my uh, folks' house in Arkansas once a week, or not once a month, or maybe every six weeks. And yes, we clear out all the bugs in the Delta going and coming. It's really not that bad right now. It gets a little bit worse in the summer when the mosquitoes start landing at the airport with the with the crop dusters. But man, it sounded like rain. But I tell you what was really cool was I was coming back Thursday and you know, we had the supermoon last week and it came up over the bluffs of the Delta, you know, on the hills, right on the edge of the Delta, and it rose. It was so gorgeous, and it was huge. And usually, driving through the Delta at night's like driving through a bottle of ink. I mean, it's like really dark, and it was so neat because it kind of illuminated everything, and I could see all the wildlife that had been forced out of the flooding that's going on South Delta. Man, it's bad down, especially Wolf Lake and some of that area down there is really, really flooded. Well, my uh, astronomical uh, uh, events that I enjoy is the International Space Station has been flying over the Jackson area, not when I'm asleep. So I have a little app on my phone that lets me know when it flies over, and I run out to, to look at it. And that just get, leaves me with a feeling of awe to think that that star-looking thing that's going pretty fast across the sky holds half a dozen people. Yeah, that's really cool. And you feel like, oh, I'm being looked at. I'm kind of nervous. I better go fix my hair or something. I had to do that. So, But that's really cool. Now, 
is it like just kind of something that's happening for the next week or so, or is this? Well, no. The International Space Station is always constantly flying. Well, I know, over. I know, obviously, but, but <laughs> is it flying over us? I didn't know if it kind of varied. Well, in it, its orbit. you know, it, it undulates on its. Uh, that's easy orbit. for you to say on a Monday. <laughs> And sometimes it flies over Jackson. Sometimes yeah. it's more over Oxford. Sometimes it's more over the coast. Or sometimes it, you know, goes to Alabama. It's just the way it happens. The orbit happens to fall. Sometimes the path is visible, and then other times it's dark, or maybe you can kind of see it from Jackson right. or from wherever you are. The app will give you the magnification right. of of and of when you can see it and then sometimes the angle sometimes if it's at a 10 degree or 20 degree angle the trees cover it sure but anything between i've never seen it at 90 but uh, anything from about 30 to 80 you 80 percent you can see really well in the night sky that's really cool and that kind of geeks me out a little bit because i grew up with the apollo missions and then you know the shuttle i remember when it came out and so forth so and i remember when they built the the international space of course i remember skylab right you know that was like oh it's gonna fall and hit us in the head you know everybody was scared when it burned up of course it hit in the ocean on that um thursday night i went up to mississippi today where i'm the editor at large that's one of my other jobs. That is my other job. I um, We went up for a public newsroom, and of course, they had a great teacher shortage story, and so they do these public newsrooms after they come out with the story so that people can come in, and they get a free sandwich and a cookie, and they can talk a little bit about the news stories and things that are going on, and so this, there were a lot of teachers that were in, and administrators, and there were activists, and just a nice crowd, and we were at the King's Temple Missionary Baptist Church in Clarksdale. That was Awesome! It was an amazing church, and I got to meet the preacher, and that was really cool, too. But the stories that I heard were so, I mean, some of them were heartbreaking, some of them were breathtaking, just to hear what some of the teachers went through and what some of the students are struggling with. So that was Thursday night. And then Friday night, I went over to Greenville. I had to wear a tux, which a cartoonist in a tux doesn't happen real often. So I told him to, it was kind of like the space station flying over. You, you don't see it that often, but you have to know what to look for. But anyway, it was really cool. It was Greenville honors its own. That's the big banquet they do every year, and they honored all the talent that they had in uh, that have come out of Greenville. I met Julie Reed, by the way. I love Julie Reed, and I've never met her. I met her dad. I know her dad, but it was it was so it was a really cool experience for me to get to meet somebody that I really um, really respected. But there was the 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 thing about it that was so cool was that there were so many neat artists and volunteers, and you know I joke about that a lot. Where I, well, I not really joke. When I go do my speeches, I talk about how we're all artists. That every one of us, whether we realize it or not, we get up every morning with a blank canvas, and what we choose to do with that canvas can make a difference in people's lives. And our work, our work ethic, or the brushstrokes, our attitude is the colors. And you know, and, and I came up with this whole thing after the Barbara Bush cartoon and the George Bush cartoon, and I start hearing from all these parents who'd lost children. And so, you know, I've done six thousand cartoons in Mississippi. Probably five thousand of them are terrible, you know. But I had two two that made a difference and so i'm sitting there emceeing this listening to you know these stories of all these of these artists that are literally some of them are nationally known some are you know it was so i mean i was sitting there i was inspired and so it was a great trip and that's what i love about mississippi is that you know we have this great culture and of course our guest today who is sitting here right by the microphone getting ready to talk is paul wolf he's founder and publisher of find it and founder and he does a really great job telling those stories too wouldn't you agree paul 
I, I hope so. Okay, see, there we go. <laughs> you got to believe it. So, ah, but it it was a, it was a nice trip, and it was good to come back. And then, so I wake up on Saturday morning, and my wife says, "Hey, let's go visit our son in college." So that was two and a half hours. <laughs> we hopped in the car and drove again. But to tell you what, we went and had lunch with them, and, and that was priceless. So. I got a phone call. I have one at Ole Miss also, and yeah. I was excited. I got a phone call on Sunday. You get a phone call. Well, that was after pestering. We, we no, tried I mean, it. no, I understand that. I, that's what I'm saying. I said, you got a phone call. I was right. saying that like I understand right. that. We, we tried to... Give them distance. Give them distance. Let them live their life. But sometimes we need proof of life. And one of the things we do is in the, the movie The Hunt for Red October, yeah. when Alec Baldwin uh, tells uh, Sean Connery, you know, they, can you verify the distance with one ping? So my <laughs> husband will text my our kiddo up there and say ping and then they have to text back ping as proof of life and that way it's it's uh they don't get bombarded with the phone calls until they answer i'll be teaching a class up there next fall and so i get to go up there once a week and get to go have dinner with them every week so i'm like really pumped about that but we're the same way and and my wife of course she texts them every night just to make sure he's okay and all that and i'm like you know, and I'm thinking, my parents never ever called me or anything. I mean, when I went to school, I was dead. You know, it's like, and I came back like six weeks later, and they're like, oh, because I was a third child, you know. So this, by the time I left school, they were like, yeah, all right, he's he's gone. Well, when we sent our first child off, the one of the professors had just written a book called The I-Connected Parent, like iPhone. Yeah. And we got a parental talking to saying, don't call them, don't text them, let them make their own decisions, let them fail, yeah. let them try to find their own resources for when they're in trouble. And I had been thinking, here I am sending my kid from Mississippi to college in Vermont, yeah. but we've got cell phones, so I'll be in touch all the time. And then I got this talking to by the professor, and then I just cried all the way home oh. because we we have really maybe once a week or every other week we would Skype or try to be in contact yeah. but uh, not too much it is it's amazing you know of course our first one just left and so we have two more but it totally changed the dynamic of the house I mean it, it was it's so it's kind of neat for spring break my gift was having all three of them under the same roof for a week that was awesome what we loved so much was having our first go off to college is that when we got went out to eat we were a table of four <laughs> exactly you could fit in a booth <laughs> exactly you know and you can buy like normal cars now you don't have to buy the big yeah no we're, we're right there with you i understand completely but you're so right about that it is so hard to you know and sometimes i wonder if maybe that's a problem with you know the next generation is they haven't really had a chance to fail Right. Yeah, and I think that's really important. I, however, have been quite good at failing, and our guest has done it a couple times himself, so I think he'll tell a few stories on that. So I can't wait to get Paul in here. We'll talk to him. And, of course, um, coming up, he is, of course, the founder and publisher of Find It and Fondren and Explore LaFleur, Paul Wolf. And I tell you what, if you haven't been to Fondren in the last few years, the place has exploded. It's amazing, because I remember when I moved here 20 years ago, it was kind of like... 
I don't know. Do I want to live here? I don't know. But now it's kind of like, okay, let's go out to eat. Let's go down there. There's a lot of fun things going on. And he does a really great job talking about it. And, of course, if you want to be part of the show, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Anytime you want to jump in, this is your show as as much as, uh, as it is anybody else. Sorry, Liz took off her headphones. It's got some amazing hair. There we go. All right. Sorry. You can't. The the, the, the visual power of radio, you, you don't get to enjoy that. All That's right. right. Well, we'll, t- we'll take a break so that if anyone wants to call, they can call in and we can get to hearing more about Paul. Okay. Let's do that. All right. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. There you go. Today we're sitting down and talking with Paul Wolf, the publisher and founder of Find It and Founder and Explore LaFour. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks, Marshall. And you have a background in radio, correct? I did radio for 10 years from college until I was 28. So how's the show going so far? I can't complain. Okay, very good. So we can keep his <laughs> mic on, Liz. That's good. All right. Paul, welcome, man. It's good to see you. I appreciate it. I'm glad you asked me to be here. I, I really, when I found out you're going to be on, of course, we we talk about gas and everything, but when I found out you were going to be on this week, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a good show. And I knew you'd dress up fancy because it's a radio interview, and you did. You got a nice shirt with Flamingo Prince. I just thought everybody in the radio world needed to know that. Shout out to my wife. That was the inspiration. So. There you go. Yeah, you got to give you know, shout out to your wife as much as you want to just to Absolutely. keep you out of the, off the couch. That's Absolutely. important. Um, Paul, let's talk a little bit about you for a second. Okay, where are you from? Who's your mama? All the, you know, all the Mississippi <laughs> questions. I grew up outside of Jackson, metro area of Jackson. Okay. And um, didn't have a whole lot of Jackson experience as a kid, um, but kind of knew old Jackson from my grandfather. He was, right. a, he was a board milkman for 30 years. Oh, cool. So I did get to, to ride the milk truck with him every now and then and uh, pull milk, as they called it. Uh, everybody knew T. Wallace in the grocery business. Uh, so I got a little bit of experience with Jackson, but... As far as a cultural experience with Jackson, it didn't come until much later in life. And actually, it was my mom. You ask, who's your mom? She's an art teacher. Um, yeah. And she's in Richland at the elementary school there. And she said, uh, why don't you go check out Fondren? I was kind of at a crossroads in life in 2007, personally and professionally, and didn't know what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. And I, my first question was, what's a Fondren? Right. Why do I want to go there? And so... Um, you know, the rest is kind of, I guess, the rest of the story. You got there right about the time Fondren really exploded, too. I mean, because I, I moved here, what, in 96, 
and, and I went to church down there, and I mean, I, I knew the area. Maybe it started a little bit before then, but I mean, you really got there when things were starting to move. So your timing was good. Right place, right time, for yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I came into a neighborhood where um, things were really starting to pop off, uh, yeah. restaurant-wise, store-wise, and everything. There were a lot of little boutiques and things that had been there for a while, but uh, the, the historic sort of renovation and preservation, renaissance, as it were, was coming about a little before that. And yeah, I think I came in at a really good time. You did. And let's talk real quick about what it's like having a mama who's an art teacher, because I've got that too. So we're going to... Now, people always ask me, did she teach you how to draw? No. No. My mother didn't either. And it was not a question of she sat down with lessons with me. It was like, oh, you can draw. Here's some paper and pencils. Keep yourself quiet. That was kind of how I learned. Osmosis. Yeah. I mean, you just pick it up when your mom's artistic and you see what she does and you think, well, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. You know? Yeah. And I started sketching floor plans when I was a kid and had a little drafting table. I wanted to be an architect for oh, a while. Oh, did you? Okay. I was kind of... the plan. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, before that, garbage man, doctor, astronaut, then architect. And... Uh, I got a really disgruntled architect on the phone one day. I called the local office of the uh, American Association of Architects, and he said, do you want to move to L.A. or New York? And I said, no. And he said, well, you're not going to make any money here. I think he must have been going through a career crisis himself. Yeah. And so um, I really was a big fan of radio, Top 40 Radio. Yeah. And listened to a station here in Jackson called Hot 95.5. Mm-hmm. And Catfish Calhoun had just moved to Mississippi from Arkansas. He was talking about how he's going to become an Ole Miss fan, and I, I guess my great grandfather's uh, uh, love of Ole Miss had rubbed off on me at the time. And so I I connected with this guy and I called him up and I would go to live remotes where he was. And I said, you're having a lot of fun. I want to, I want to do this for a job. You know, I, I, I want to be on the radio. And he said, you're not going to make a lot of money, which is the warning I got for architecture, but it sounded like it might be a a job that there was a little more fun involved. So that's what I decided to do at 15 and went to Kapia Lincoln Community College in Wesson. And we had the state's only non-commercial radio station at a junior college in the state. And so I was a general manager there for two and a half years, stayed an extra semester so I could stay on a little longer because I loved it so much. And yeah, I did radio for 10 years, uh, right from junior college to the age of 28 and then became really burned out. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. So that was a crossroads that the, uh, that was part of the, well, no, actually, I mean, you're not. I know I didn't. I said we wouldn't talk about it. No, but, but, but you know, no. So I, I actually had a I actually had a two and a half year career outside of what I call the creative field, because okay. with the exception of, of uh, those two and a half years, I've been in a creative field ever since college. Right. Um, I worked for a law firm for two and a half years Ooh, and I punched F7 on the keyboard all day long for two and a half years. And uh, I call that the soul-robbing vocation of my life. I hope I never have to do that again. That was a lot of hours, too, wasn't it? It was a lot of hours. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of hours. A lot of boring hours. And so um, made the most of it. But when they said, hey, we're laying off because uh, you've done such great work. And, I mean, the calls were the calls were coming every <laughs> yeah. single week. People were getting laid off. You got the call from HR. Right. You knew what was happening. And so I went and got my last check. And that's when my sister said, hey, you you do graphic design for fun and mm-hmm. you do photography for fun and you've always written for fun. Why don't you make a living at that? And I said, no one will pay me to do it. And that was about the time that mom said, Hey, go to Fondren. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, so. they, and they did pay you to do it. Kind of. They, they yeah. have. They yeah. have. I, I started off walking into Finer Guitars, the uh, vintage guitar shop. Yeah. So, you, so Patrick. Patrick Harkins. Yeah. And can play the national anthem about as well as any human being on the planet. And just about anything else he wants yeah. to play, Because he's opened up the Blues Marathon before playing Absolutely. It. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. He, um, he said, do you make stickers? And I, I had no clue if I could make stickers, but the answer was, sure, I make stickers. See, that right there. It, a lot of that's why a lot of people fail. They yes. would have answered, "No, I can't do that." Right? Where do I get the stickers from? I'm not really sure. Right? Yeah. So I uh, I found a way to make stickers for him, and he introduced me to the Fonder and Express trolley. They used to run around the motorized trolley that oh, ran all over Fonder. Yeah, yeah. It was so much fun. I did their creative work for two and a half years. Okay. Um, he introduced me to Jeff Good, which who doesn't know Jeff Good? Yeah, I mean Jeff Good's probably. Well, he's Jeff Good. He is Jeff Good. He just called you right now, too. No, <laughs> close. <laughs> no, that close. was not Jeff One Good. of my other big fans. Yeah. Um, Jeff, um, Jeff kind of introduced me around and said, hey, you know, this guy is is hyper about the neighborhood, and he wants to see the neighborhood succeed, so uh, put him in your orbit, and a right. lot of people did. So I built a network, and I kind of realized that Fondren had a lot of the same people coming to a lot of the same events over and over and over, but they were the same people. And I thought this place should be recognized. People should be coming from far and wide to this neighborhood, which has so much going on. And my own family, save for my mom and sister, told me you're going to get shot if you keep going over there. Have you been shot yet? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. So. No, not even any near misses. Um, they'll sell you drugs, uh, my family said. And I said, well, I won't buy them. Um, well, was, maybe at the pharmacy, but. At the pharmacy, yes. But it was a misnomer. Yeah. It was kind of a it was kind of a, a false dichotomy of, well, if there's a crime happening in one part of Jackson and it's the top news story, well, that must mean all of Jackson is bad. And that was not the truth. Right. Um, I was really hard pressed to find the good stories that I had been learning and hearing and and finding out about over the three years at this point that I had been in Fondren from seven to nine, um, I couldn't find those anywhere. Uh, the news wasn't talking about those. And with a background in radio and writing and my love of creative uh, pursuits, um, I said, I got to I got to do this visitor's guide. So right. Jeff said, Jeff, good again. Uh, you do it and I'll buy the first ad from you. Really? Yeah. Jeff is my first supporter and still one of my biggest yeah. supporters. Of course. He's everybody's cheerleader. I hate to brag on Jeff because you know, it's Jeff. I it's mean, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff can do it himself, okay? He's good That's at that. Right. Love me some Jeff. He's a great guy. <laughs> but I, Jeff is so brilliant when it comes to business because he understands the fact that the neighborhood that you're in needs to thrive before your business can thrive. Absolutely. And that man has done more to put his heart into Jackson and into Fondren than about anybody that I could imagine. I mean, just, I'm just very proud of Jeff. He's done a really great job. He has a phrase at this point that should be his trademark brand, working together works. Yeah. And he believes in that adage that the rising tide raises all ships. And right. I think he saw what I was doing and said, you know, what? That, that could that could lift everybody up. Yeah. And so he he supported from day one. And I started Find It in Fondren, the visitor's guide for Jackson's hippest neighborhood at yeah. the time. We've got one right here in your hot hand here. I'll hold up the microphone if you look at it. It's really nice. Can you see the beautiful illustration on the front? Shout out to Kyle Hilton, by the way. But Yeah, that's beautiful. Kyle. Does um, Kyle does illustrations for some other little community publications you might have heard of the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Variety, Vanity Fair. So um, this this guy is a. I think he's going to make it. I, he might. Yeah, he just might. It's he, a really he, nice shot of Walker's Drive.
drive-in, by the way. It's exactly what we hoped he would do without even giving him the direction to do it. Really? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. He read my mind. No, Paul, it, right after this came out, I was working with Java on the Gestalt Gardener, and someone called in to say, <laughs> Felder, Felder, did you know you're on the cover of the Fondren magazine? And, and I don't, maybe he didn't know that, because it might have been a surprise to him when it came out, too. But, Felder's uh, there, Sister Dorothea's there. Sister Dorothea. Helen Barnes is talking to Sister Dorothea, a longtime uh, yeah. gynecologist, educator here in Jackson, philanthropist. Um, if you've ever been to Roosters in Fondren, you see the guy in the apron standing there. That's Brandon that busses the tables. He was just named Man of the Year by Roosters. It's his fifth employee of the year, so they had to change the title. <laughs> um, he's, a, he's a really sharp guy and a really special guy. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's one of these things that when community collaborates and that's what's happened here with the magazines with both of the brands when community collaborates with you, yeah. it's it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, that, I mean, and that's kind of the beauty. Now, you came in, when you came into Fondren, it was right about the time of the rise of social media, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so you're suddenly, you came in there, and it was more than just, okay, well, I'm going to do a print thing. You suddenly had all kinds of tools in your toolbox. That's right. I, I've said before, and people have said to me, you know, you came in at just the right time, because if you'd have tried to do this a year earlier, people would have laughed at you and said, what are you going to write about? Right. And a year later, somebody else would, would have, have done already it already. been doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And you did it. We'll, we'll talk about all that. We're going to take a quick break. Of course, we are talking with the founder and publisher of Find It in Fondren and Explore LaFleur magazines. Uh, the very, very energetic and great Paul Wolf. I'm glad he's here in the studio. And of course, if you have a question for Paul or a comment or if anything else, want to be part of the show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. To now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I tell you what, you join us today. Great show so far. Great guest. Founder and publisher of Find It and Fonder and Magazine, uh, the Mr. Paul Wolf. Mr. I like that. Very fancy. It's very formal. Yeah, you and I, uh, we both... Um, we're discovering during the break we have a lot of things in common. We do. Our moms are our teachers. Yes. Yeah. We're both married to really cool people. Yes. Yeah. Um, you ran a marathon. 2011. It was a long time ago. I ran one in 2010, <laughs> but I did one last year, too. Um, we both um, like food. Yes. Yeah. And so we struggle with that sometimes. Absolutely. And Fondren is a really tough place to uh, to struggle. <laughs> yes. There are a lot of great restaurants here. I will say that. Okay. Well, I'll say this. So okay. most people don't realize, they don't kind of add it up in their mind, but there are 21 locally owned restaurants, bakeries, bars, and coffee shops within about a four block radius. That's a lot. That's a lot. All locally owned. That's the other kicker. I love yeah. that. It's locally chef-driven concepts, uh, chef-driven um, cuisine, and 
ever-changing menus and um, yes being a food lover it is hard to not be a food lover in Fondren you know and I've lived a lot of different places of course I'm in Mississippi for a good chunk of it now but I've lived a lot of different places and I mean big cities yes they've had great cuisine and everything but I've never a city the size of Jackson no has the level of food and I don't I was like are, is it because we're close to New Orleans I'm not quite sure what was done at what what do you What's your take on that? What? I mean, it could be part of it. But well, we just like to eat. We like to eat. And, and look, I tell people this all the time. When I was growing up, you made a good grade. You got an award. You Whatever you did that was positive. Oh, let's celebrate. Let's go eat. <laughs> That's what we do with our kids. But when the bully picked on you and you were sad. Yeah. Let me make you something special to eat. So we, we eat whether we're happy oh, or sad. In somebody dies, we get funeral food. We do have lots of that. Lots of that. And it's, um, uh, yeah, sure. So New Orleans cuisine and Memphis cuisine and, and Delta cuisine. For I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah. It all coalesces here in Jackson. Um, we travel a lot. Uh, my wife, Sophie, and I mm-hmm. uh, do like to travel. And How long have you been married? We've been married now for, oh, gosh, get me in trouble, six and a half years. Okay. Yeah, I say I take my ring off sometimes. Oh, the date's in there. There we go. Oh, and I, then I, the alarm goes off and I have to put the ring back on. <laughs> I need that trick. Yeah. yeah. Six and a half years married in uh, December of 2012. Actually, on the one-year anniversary of our very first date. That is cool. So, so we, you must have liked each other. We knew pretty quick. You yeah. know, we, we talked a couple of months in and said, you know what, if we ever get married. Yeah. Uh, but I'd also told her because I'm a little older than her. And I said, look, I'm not not dating to just date. It's either going somewhere or we just need to be friends. And right. uh, it went somewhere. Um, obviously. She, yeah, obviously. She is also the uh, the editor and content strategist of our publication. Uh, and so she keeps me she keeps me between the lines, so to speak. Um, she, she definitely has been um, a, a boon for our brand, so to speak. Well, when she came along in November of 2011 and we started dating, she asked me, who who edited the magazine before I offered to do this? And I said, well, I read it through a lot of times and hoped it was right. So, Oh, you should never <laughs> should be your own editor. <laughs> no. No, it's never Nor should you ask your art teacher mom to be your editor, even though she volunteers. Because what does she do? She reads through and says, oh, son, this all looks so good. And I said, no, find the mistakes. I can't find any, she told me. So wait, mom was only the editor for the first issue. And that's, of course, I mean, we're looking at volume 10. So it's been out for 10 years now? Well, so yeah, I guess um, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. Eight and a half. The way it all worked out, that first issue came out in the fall of 2010. So next fall, we will celebrate our 10-year anniversary. Okay. And I cannot believe it. I cannot fathom the fact that this is the 31st issue of Find It in Fondren magazine that I hold in my hands. Mm-hmm. But if we flip the magazine, we're on the other side of the interstate. So MPB is located in an area called Lafleur East. Right. And so from Canton Mart Square uh, all the way down to the Science Museum to the river to the interstate is Lafleur East. And we realized about uh, a year and a half ago that this was the side of the interstate that needed to be talked about too. Um, I tell people we just have an interstate between us. I think, it was, and I think it was House Hunters. Uh, if I remember it was on HGTV. They actually featured, of course, Fondren and then and they had a house over by the new new development. They did, right yeah. by the district. Yeah. Um, yeah, they called it the Highland area. And my wife and I both looked at each other and said, excuse this me, Scotland? I'm, I'm not, not quite sure, sure where yeah. that came from. But yeah, um, yeah this, this is the fifth issue. But it is the, it literally is the flip side of Finding in Fondren. Yeah. So we're putting Fondren on the Lafleur side and Lafleur on the Fondren side and trying to promote both areas because there are a lot of cool people and cool things happening on both sides of the interstate. 
Talk about when you said, okay, I'm going to start this magazine, and you went around to people. Of course, Jeff was in your corner. And, I mean, what was the initial reaction when you said, you know what? I'm going to just write great stories about what's going on. The beautiful thing was I had been in the neighborhood for three years, so people yeah. knew me. I, I wasn't a fly-by-night coming in trying to start something. I kind of had been doing it in some ways already. Um, when I worked with the Fonder and Express Trolley, they wanted a feature in their email newsletter every week that was kind of, you know, talk about somebody in the community. Talk about a, a new business opening, and just let's show that we're involved. And so that was kind of my basis. So I'm forever thankful to Alan French and... And uh, Captain Ron Mills for for kind of that's another kick down the road to to get me to where I am. Yeah, and and so. I mean, when you said, okay, I'm coming to Fonder and all that, I mean, when you put out a magazine, that it's not cheap to do. It is not cheap. Yeah. Not at all. Um, but it is... Um, but the response initially was just, was it a go from the start or did it have to build? I had, It definitely had to build, but I had a friend who also published some local magazines and I said, you know, I've got to make some money. And he said, stop. Break even. Yeah. Hope that you break even so that you'll want to do it again. Because if you lose money, you're going to say this was a waste. Right. And you'll never touch it. And so he encouraged me to kind of look at it cautiously. And um, it was only a twice a year thing for the first little bit. But there was so much going on in Fondren that I said, it's got to go to four times a year. There's, there's no way to do it any less. So we do have a, a, a robust online and social media presence, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And then find it in Fondren com and explorelafloor.com where we tell the stories every day. The quarterly magazine is just a small part of what we do. Right. Right. That's what I was going to ask. How much fun is that? To, and that's one of the things I love about this show is getting to meet people and getting to find out their stories. That has to be a real fun part of what you're doing because you can, you're meeting a new person like every week. That is my absolute most favorite part about my job. My wife says, you love that. You eat it up. You thrive on it. And I do. I really do because I... I look at it this way. Um, there are people that stand on the stage, have the spotlight shown on them all the time. Right. They get their story told. But the people in the wings holding the clipboard, you know, pulling the curtains, nobody ever tells their story. And so those are the kind of people that I like to meet. And they love to say to me, oh, I don't have a story. Why do you want to tell? Of yeah. course you do. Everybody has a story. It's like the guy we wrote about last week who lives in Fondren. And I'll shout out Buzz Lowry. Buzz has been picking up trash in a six block stretch on Meadowbrook Road in Fondren. For 43 years. Wow. This is just what he does every day. He sees it as his personal goal. And he said, my dad told me, son, 10% more is first class. And so he picks up trash every day. Now he's added leaf blowing to it. We told that story last week, and I thought, eh, some people will say that's cool. It just went nuts on social media, on our website. People were so appreciative of him. And, I mean, who else is going to tell that story? Right. That's what we do. We're in the community. I live in the community. My wife and I live in Fondren. And... We're out and about. We're at events. We come to the store openings when they cut the ribbon. We go to the restaurant tastings and the the restaurant chef dinners and things that go on. We're in the community, so we see firsthand the people that make a difference. Let's talk a little bit about Fondred because the growth has been, you know, really very... Um like you said, local, it's been very, I think it's been healthy growth. Uh, there is now, obviously, when money starts coming in, there's going to be kind of a change in the neighborhood. How do you think the neighborhood's going to be in maybe 10 years? Oh, wow. Um, so people say this. 
people say, you know, Fonder and Hayes has really come into its own in the last year. I mean, I really think, <laughs> and I always no, it's say, been, it's been a long journey. Well, and I always say, you're going to say that same thing this time next year because right. it, it just seems to to turn over in a good way. Yeah. Every year, I think that Fonderin is at a transitionary period right now, and I I don't mean that in a negative way at all. Right. I think it's a it's a good transition. Well, it's because been, I'd imagine on a corporate scale, it's become a very good investment on a, for a business plan. Right. If that and, makes sense. And that and that's something that you know the neighborhood has to balance for sure because yeah. the neighborhood is very local and it is founded on local. It celebrates local, and so. Um, you know, it, it's. I think that's something that, that we can talk more about. Uh, this side of the interstate and the Fondren side, Lafleur and Fondren, there's a lot of growth and a lot of th- great things happening. There really are. Um, you talk. You mentioned, the, of course, the sidewalks. Everybody's like, when are the sidewalks going to be fixed? <laughs> if I had a nickel. Yeah, I have a nickel. I mean, I'm surprised Jeff Gooden out there fixing them himself right now. No, but see, the thing is, they're done. Yeah. They're done. I, I, well, please let me announce to the world today, if you were scared off by the construction in Fondren, please come back. Please come back, because the sidewalks are done. The lanes are marked again on the road, so Yay. you're not confused where to go. The potholes are filled. The streets are paved. Please come back to Fondren. Those <laughs> merchants thrive on local traffic. And and can I throw this in too? If you got to walk a block or two to get your favorite burger or cookie or whatever it is, just put on your walking shoes and come on. It's not going to kill any of us. It's We have new sidewalks. Park the car down the road just because there's not a front door spot. That's uh, something that we, we try to teach to everybody. Fonder is worth walking for. If you were in New Orleans, yeah. you'd park a mile away and walk to your favorite thing. So uh, park a block away and, and come on. Liz was just telling me in my ear that there's secret parking behind some of the buildings, too. Yes, there is. Yeah, but Should, now, I, now it's not I secret because we've told everybody now. Stinky so. beans. Um, yeah. I said it. <laughs> yeah, what, no, what? Liz is making notes. Liz she? is, yeah, she's making notes on there. Giant hotel that's going, the big building's going in that's a hotel. Talk about that. Yeah, too. Homewood Suites. Yeah. Um, that's being developed. Now, Homewood Suites, the kind of concept there is a little more of an extended stay. And so, uh, families who have patients at UMC, which is also in Fondren. Right. I'm about to say, uh, you've got that as a neighbor, which never hurts. St. Dominic's, you know, we're, we're, we're all right there together. Um, that's, that's the hotel that's going to cater to them. Now, there are a couple of other hotel projects that have have different focuses um, that are still under development, under consideration and planning. So, um, you know, our timelines are never uh, the actual timelines that happen as far as, you know, us as the public. We want it to happen tomorrow, right? Well, we don't do things quickly in Mississippi. Anyway. No, we don't. So no, it just, it takes time. But but we may have three hotels in the neighborhood before oh, wow. it's all said and done. And, of course, those will drive guests to go eat at the restaurants and everything else. The foot traffic is going to be incredible for our yeah. restaurants and our shops. That'll be great. I remember a few years ago I emceed the TED Talk that was held at the Capri Theater, which it, it really there was nothing inside of it, but they put grass. Yeah. Inside of it for the stage. Everything. It was it a was, shell. It was so cool. And it's still a shell right now. I mean, there, yeah. there's there's talks every other week about who or what might go in there. And I think that eventually that will be redeveloped. The old Capri Theater there yeah. at the corner of Dueling and State Street. So, um, yeah, you and Kermit the Frog were at the TED Talk together. It's not easy being green. <laughs> Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I know. It was like, that was so cool. And, you know, they were very careful not to let you see how they actually did it because they didn't want to ruin the illusion of Kermit being alive. Of course. So you, then when they set him up, nobody, they locked it so you couldn't get in there. That's the uh, the radio term, theater of the mind. Now, people are saying, well, <laughs> well, I, you know, I live up in, I live up in Memphis. I've never been to Fonder. Well, if you've seen the movie, The Help, 
you've seen Fondren. You've seen parts of Fondren. Yeah, you saw sure. the downtown for the Caprius, as a matter of fact. Yes, the uh, the blip, the two-second blip at the beginning of the film. But you saw inside Brent's, which uh, Brent's Diner, Brent's Trucks has been there for uh, since 1946. I, I, they told me there'd be no math involved today. So since 1946, and they did film a couple of scenes in Brent's. Dude, you nailed your how long you've been married. So, I mean, <laughs> if you can do that, you can handle how long I Brent's has been <laughs> Yeah, because it seems so short. Because it's been it really every day. It really does go by quick, though. It, it does go by quick. We, yeah. we look back all the time and say, really? It's been that long? It's been that long. Yeah. Yeah, we, we just hit 25, so. Oh, wow. I know. We all can aspire. I think. Yeah. yeah. No, it's been good. It's been all good. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. We'll continue our discussion with the founder and publisher of Find It and Founder and Explore LaFleur magazines. Hey, look, if you have any questions or comments for Paul, well, give us a call. I like that. It rhymed 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. It's now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. Listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, you've missed a great show so far. But, of course, you can always find us at mpbonline.org, where you can listen to past episodes. You can, of course, catch my television show, too, which is Conversations, which is kind of like what this is, except uh, we have two brown chairs and a black curtain behind us. But anyway, it's still fun. Uh, today has been fun because we have a, a guest. I've actually admired you for quite a while for all you've been doing. Paul Wolf, he's the founder and publisher of Find It and Fonder and Explore LaFleur magazines. I tell you what, man, um, your story as an entrepreneur, I think, is one that a lot of people need to hear, particularly a lot of journalists, too, because like you said, you know, you'd been in radio, you discovered you had some things, you, you, you go and you hit literally rock bottom, you feel like in your head, but then suddenly you try something new and then all kinds of good things happen. What kind of encouragement would you give somebody that's sitting right now listening, maybe in a dark room, they're thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Oh, wow. You just put me back in that dark room for half a second. Yeah. yeah well, that's um, the least I can do. That's what I do as a host. I want to make you feel really <laughs> uncomfortable and miserable. So. It's the Oprah moment, I guess. Yeah. Um, where are the Kleenexes? Oh, there they are. Uh, you know, I think that I would say this. Um, your circumstances probably, in most cases, are not as bad as you might think they are. Right. Um, there is a light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. So your brain does lie to you. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yes, constantly. Yeah. Constantly. And I mean, I'm, I'm not the... the feel-good, self-help guru type of person, but there's there's some bit of the old adage, fake it till you make it. Yeah. Uh, you know, put on a happy face and get out there, and, and eventually it kind of rubs off on you. So what would I say to the, to the person, young or old, who's sitting in the dark room right now saying, mm, it's not going to work, not going to happen for me? 
it, it will. It's just that simple. It will if you persevere. And it's not even about meeting the right people. It's just about putting yourself out there in front of people. Right. And I love this because there was an article about you and it said that you were armed with a stack of business cards. That's it. That means you're out there pe- pressing the flesh and saying hello to people. That's and that's a, hard sometimes. It's very tough. It's it's the fake it till you make it part. You yeah. know, walking into Finder Guitars with Patrick Harkins at the stack of business cards and do you make stickers? Mm, yeah, I make stickers. Sure. But I, I had no clue if I could get stickers for him. Yeah. I had no idea, but it was a mission. It was a project. And just being bold enough to go in and ask for that business introduced me to all this other business and all these other connections and relationships. And they are people that I will count as great friends until the day I die. I mean, just because of who I've met, my business connections have become my friends. Right. And I say all the time, you know, my business is my life and my life is my business. Um, sometimes to to my own detriment, but I love Fondren. Um, I live Fondren. I love Jackson. Uh, I yeah. love this city with, with all its bumps and bruises and literal bumps and bruises. Yeah. I love this city because not only did I grow up here, did my grandfather and, you know, uh, grandmother put time in here uh, with their, their respective lives. I I just kind of have to believe that that my story is sort of a metaphor for Jackson. You're in the dark room and you say it's not going to happen. It's just not. But it will eventually. And we've got so many great things happening over the whole city. Uh, yeah. In Fondren, we get accused of being a little too Fondren centric. You know, it's all about Fondren. No, it's all about Jackson. And I like to see good things happen in Jackson. It's the reason that over the past several years, we've kind of expanded, if you will, to say, well, there's a great thing happening in downtown and it's huge and it has the potential to benefit the whole city, not just downtown or or a single neighborhood. We talk about those things too. We write those stories because again, the adage, the rising tide raises all ships. You got to have the economic engine to drive tax revenue, to be able to to fix some of the other problems in areas. And then eventually they can grow and and be stronger too. That's right. And and I think one of the things, if I could say to anyone listening in Jackson or statewide or around the world, if, if you have an ounce of love for Jackson whatsoever, talk positively about your city. I mean, be a cheerleader for your city because we are going to be the ones that help it make the turn. We can't ignore that there are definitely some obstacles to overcome, but my goodness, how many obstacles have we overcome just in the last several years? And how many times has Bloomberg written a check for a grant? Or how many times have we seen, even in recent months, that that section of street or that neighborhood is finally getting paved? Celebrate the small victories. Let me talk about that for a half second because because if you know, if I could inv- draw a cartoon of your business plan, say that's what I do. <laughs> oh, boy, <laughs> one of the pillars would be positivity. How important is that in your life as being positive? Um, it's huge. Okay, uh, and and it's again another one of those fake it till you make it. I've not always been. I was going to ask. I wouldn't. Was, I wouldn't is call that who you myself were when you were a kid. No. no. Okay. No. 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 Mr. Senek. Um, I've I've always considered myself kind of witty and and semi charming. <laughs> Yeah. At least I hope so. Um, but no, I, I didn't always look at the bright side of things. And um, there's some of that faking it till you make it. I know I've said that a thousand times now. Um, but you do. You have to kind of keep going, yeah, okay, this is good. This is good. And eventually you start to believe it, too. And then you do see the good. And you can truly be a cheerleader. You know, it's amazing, too. You'll find out, um, you know, you're doing it. Maybe you're going through struggles and you're pushing hard. and You're trying to make a difference. 
you know, I had somebody come up to me at a concert. You know, I'd had some things happen to me career-wise that were kind of unfortunate. And I was always really positive about it publicly, even when I was screaming at the sky, you know, kind of thing. Because I didn't really, honestly, uh, I didn't want to look like I was complaining because that wouldn't do any good. The guy came up to me at a concert up in Tupelo, and he said, man, I, I watched you when you got made part-time. And he said... I got laid off. And he said, I kind of followed your example. And, you know, and I'm not saying that I did anything great, but I was like, wow, okay. But so it's important to put that out there because then other people are going to say, you know what, Paul's doing it. And look at Paul's doing it because you kind of have that Jeff Good mentality when it comes to business also. Well, I had a good teacher. Yeah. I mean, you know, being around him for a lot of years and, and trying to follow his example, I right. mean, you can't help but when yeah. you're when you're uh, in the presence of Jeff. But look, so I, I, I just would, I would say this, you've, you've got to look at the bright side more often than you look at the negative side. And if that helps you to get to that place, it'll help somebody else too. Right. Well, not to go Zen, but you're just in the moment that you're in. So you have a choice to be whatever way you want to be. You've got today and that's, yeah, that's, that's all about you're it. guaranteed for sure. Yeah. And we got about two minutes. So any thoughts <laughs> that you want to cover that we haven't covered? Cause I've been trying to cover all the good stuff. No, you've done a great job. Um, you know, one of the things that I will say in talking about Jackson and, and Jackson's kind of comeback story that we're, we're all writing right now. They like comeback dressing. I love that. It's good <laughs> stuff. Very Jackson. You know, I showed a couple of food bloggers around Jackson last Friday. And when somebody said comeback, they said, excuse me. Uh, they were from <laughs> one guy's from Oklahoma City and the, and the one uh, lady from um, Detroit. And so they had to get some comeback and saltines. But I digress. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, one of the things that, that I heard kind of an urban warrior and urban revivalist, Josh McManus, mm-hmm. said this several years ago as he tried to help Detroit with a comeback story and Chattanooga with a comeback story. And, and both Which of those have done pretty well. Huge yeah. successes. But Chattanooga's amazing. Josh says, stop focusing on the one big thing and start doing the million little things. See, that works in your personal life, too. It does. Because you can't change the world until you change the ring right around you. And then you change a bigger ring and a bigger ring. So true. That's what you did. I mean, you literally came in one day with a stack of business cards and said, guess what? And now you're making, I mean, your magazine's great. Now I come in with a stack of magazines. <laughs> I know. Don't, do you, thank, like, thank keep, you, do you keep that, them in your garage? What do you, do you have? Yes, I do, actually. Um, uh, no good author doesn't have about 5,000 boxes in In, in my shop right now, yeah. yeah. And, you know, trade secret, I work from home. Um, so okay. I don't have the overhead of an office. And uh, when the printer delivers the magazines, they bring them to my carport. Man, I tell you what, Paul, <laughs> we could continue this all day, unfortunately, that music means we can't. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. I'll do it again. Throw if you'll out ask your me. address real quick. Uh, find it in Fondren.com. Find it in Fondren and explore LaFleur.com. Thank you, sir. Thank Good you, to Marshall. see you. Good to All see you. All right. Too. Now you're talking to the production of MPB Think Radio and it's produced by the amazing Liz. Thank you, Liz, for doing it today. Uh, stay tuned for Southern Remedy Health and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell and join us next week for more. Now you're talking to hear another story right here at 10 o'clock on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.